Hello, and welcome to the NVIDIA AI Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Kravitz. Quick programming note, or sort of more of a housekeeping note, if you haven't already subscribed, subscribe. You're listening to the podcast, you love the podcast, so let it come to you. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, or if you want to binge, go to the NVIDIA AI podcast page on the NVIDIA blog. We've got every episode up there. You can go in order, you can go in reverse order, you can skip around, you can get crazy with all the podcast content. They say the customer is always right, but what makes customers happy? Fully stocked shelves, fast and easy checkout, and friendly and dedicated staff, according to our guest. Francois Chopard is CEO of Focal Systems, a startup focused on changing the brick-and-mortar retail experience with deep learning. Francois is here at GCC19 and took the time to join the show. Thanks for stopping by and welcome to the AI Podcast. Ah, thank you for having me. So on your website, front and center, the slogan, AI to make customers happy. How's Focal doing that? So I think... Uh... You know, we we chose that slogan and and that mission really um, because it's not about automating brick and mortar retail. You can do that just by taking, you know, cutting slashing half the labor in the store. Uh, what would and you know some retailers are just doing that um, as labor costs increase. What what happens? You you get longer longer lines if you've been to Safeway in the last yeah ever, ever. right last five years just you know and it's even worse because it says like you know ring the bell when the line gets three people long. I'm the sixth person in line and they're not ringing the bell and not increasing the lanes. Right, it's right, like, right. just don't even tell me you're going to do that <laughs> if you're not going to do it. You know, and then you get more out of stocks because you get just less people. That just pisses off customers. It's basically giving me a coupon to go to Amazon. I just, thank you. Next time I just won't come. Right. Right. So um, that's what it's really about is they're, they're going to cut the labor and do that kind of stuff no matter what, because that's what their s uh, you know, permits. So otherwise they're going to go bankrupt for a lot of these, these if you look at their income sheets. So it's really about making customers happy and making the in-store experience good again, right? And that's kind of what, what we're trying to do. Uh, the way that we do that, there's kind of two big avenues that we do that. If you take the pie chart of labor in, in the store, um, maybe like about 15% of that is in shelf integrity, which mm-hmm. are things like scanning out of stocks. They got to do it every morning at 6 to 9 a.m. If anyone has worked in grocery, they know that. Home improvement, all these different retailers. Right. Same deal. What do I have to go order more of, right? Knowing that answer takes about four hours a day, Okay. right? So that's a huge amount of labor. Then the cashier is about 42% of labor. Um, for Walmart, if you look at their uh, income sheet, about $100 billion a year in SG&A. So that's about $42 billion a year. And just like picking up items, finding the barcode, scanning the barcode, putting it to the right, and then bagging it, making sure you pay. I want to say something like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> uh, just wait, there's more. You know? <laughs> You know, and the remainder is in stocking and customer service and stuff like that. Customer service is getting slashed. There is no more customer service. <laughs> Imagine a world where we can automate, you know, the shelf integrity piece is audit. It's observation. It's not moving anything, mm-hmm. right? Right, right? Why can you not automate that with a really simple, small little camera that, you know, cam- the camera in your iPhone, the bomb costs like $4, right? How can we not just apply $4 cameras? You need 500 of them in a store. It's, it's, it's a 2K or something like that right. in investment. To automate that task seems pretty trivial, right? So thing, we look for opportunities like that. You know, the, the automating the checkout. There's a huge swath of folks that are trying to apply deep learning computer vision uh, to solve that problem. 
Um, Amazon has been working on it and has spent billions of dollars in research uh, of Amazon Go. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Me- Amazon Go Me Twos that are coming out. When we started, we started about 2015. Um, this is three years into the AI craze. And I was at Stanford uh, AI Lab. And at the time, you know, there was a bunch of people leaving to go start companies or join companies um, in my lab, you know, includes Andre Carpathy, who's now the head of uh, Tesla Autopilot, Drive AI, came out of the lab, mm-hmm. a bunch of other. And I was like, there has to be more than just automating my car and automating my doctor. <laughs> right. What else can we do? And we kind of looked at from a macro level, well, if we believe this is the age of automation, everyone's talking about that. Where is it happening? Where else should it happen? And who has the highest sensitivity to a, a decrease in SGNA? Well, if, if you decrease retail's SGNA by half, you triple 300% increase in EBITDA. That goes from J- Jim Cramer's like, you know, sell, sell, sell to buy, 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 right? That's like the best, like, <laughs> tell me anything that you can happen to an industry that would cause a 300% increase in EBITDA. That's insane. And I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that's what Jeff Bezos sees. And that's why he's investing so heavily into Go. And so what does Focal do at this point? And I'm not sure what stage you're in as mm-hmm. far as, you know, the startup development. But what do you guys do or what do you envision yourselves doing for, you know, your, your customer, the retail store? Yeah. So we have our two solutions. We basically try to find when we, you know, we had this macro strategy of like, okay, this is clearly the space we want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that let's break down the problem like engineers into sub problems and solve those. So what's the quickest, easiest solution thing that we can automate inside the four walls? And it was a shelf integrity at first. Yeah. So we deploy these small little cameras, you know, they're really inexpensive. We pop them throughout the store, specifically in high moving areas to begin with. Mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Right. Take the soda aisle, for example. Pepsi and Coke, you'd be amazed by such a high percent. It's only, let's say, 20 SKUs account for like, you know, maybe 15% of sales. Right, yeah. Right? It's like, it's completely the Pareto principle, um, 80 for the 20. Right. And uh, and they go out of stock all the time. And even worse, they're DSD, which means direct store distribution. So Pepsi and Coke don't even know that they're out. Mm, Okay. And so it's a huge problem. And it's an incredible amount of lost sales. And Pepsi and Coke have been growing, you know, uh, and Dr. Pepper and... and, uh, that category has been growing at you know very small amounts. So and you've got your fixed cameras, yeah. and they're able to just automate the process of detecting. They take an image once okay. every half an hour, okay. and uh, they give this nice chart that says in at 8 a.m., in, 9 a.m., in, 10 a.m., in, <laughs> in, 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 in right. 4 p.m., out. Right. So I know exactly when it went out, right. which means I, I can tell you that on average, this is we call it out of stock hours, not necessarily out of stocks. So okay, yeah. uh, now we're trying to reduce out of stock hours. Every single hour that you don't have a product on the shelf is lost sales. Right. Less right. products on the shelf, less sales. Completely correlated. Yeah. So what we do now is we deploy these cameras and you know just go through some numbers, like uh, take the Pepsi Coke, uh, Dr Pepper example. We calculate that they have about let's say five percent on average, on-shelf availability. And it's a big, you know, on the holidays, it's insane. They get down to like, like, you know, maybe uh, uh, 5% out of stocks, uh, 95% on-shelf availability. Um, they get down to maybe 20% out of stock hours and, and 80% on-shelf availability, which accounts for maybe about $30,000 a month in lost sales wow. per store per month. Yeah. Yeah. So you have $30,000 you're leaving on the table where people are coming in, they're looking, oh yeah, they don't have Coke today. All right, so let me go buy Dr. Pepper. Right. Let yep. me go buy something else. Yep. So not only are you not getting the sale, you're funding your competitors. Right. 
you're saying you're giving them a gift card to go buy your competitor. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, there's nothing Coke hates more than losing the pe- sales of Pepsi sure. and vice versa. Yep. You know, and you can solve this with like let's you know rough numbers. Let's say a twenty dollar camera, and that you just deploy and it takes an image once in a while and sends sends you the data. So now you can solve that. That recoups about let's say let's say we can make a small little change to the planogram, increase the facing, maybe you know change the route. Where now we're recouping, let's say just one third of that. Mm-hmm. That's ten thousand dollars per grocery store. You know, that's there's thirty thousand grocery stores in in America, or maybe fifty now at this point. I think it's like so. It's like was it three hundred million dollars, right. like five hundred million dollars difference? <laughs> so, right? Sounds easy when you lay it out like that. I mean, and and that's you know I think per month. Right. I mean, I'm doing, doing the math in my head here, but yeah. it's insane numbers in in, a, in an environment where there's very low growth. And so the second bucket to your approach? Uh, the second bucket is the uh, this cashier piece, which mm-hmm. is like right. uh, a little bit the holy grail that everyone's been going after. Yeah. You've seen Amazon Go and things like that, which um, we were we started before Go, okay. and we were you know looking at the checkout. And I remember you know meeting with uh, we're we're at you know Stanford AI Lab, and we left to go you know scout. Um, some of the local retailers and see what their appetite would be to apply deep learning computer vision to automate their checkout. Mm-hmm. And it went over to Draeger's and Bean Keenies and small little retailers around okay. here. Yeah. And uh, I remember one of the guys at Draeger's, Roger Marin, basically told me, he's like, Francois, I don't know how to, else to say this to you. You're never touching my POS. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Why? Just it's the, the lifeblood. Yeah. Right? So like, I mean, they make an edit to the POS once a year, okay, maybe twice yeah. a year, yeah. right? You change that thing and it goes down for a day. You're stuck. I mean, that's that's a lot of money yep. gone. Yep. Um, and and you lose lost those customers too. Right. Right. It's an, right. If you've ever been in a store where the POS is down, it is a nightmare. Right. And so, uh, it's a huge issue. Amazon Go came around. We went after the shelf cam solution, this uh, out of stock piece. And now we're in uh, 11 major retailers in the world. You know, we have deployments in Australia, in the UK, a bunch of stores, a bunch of chains in Canada, all throughout the United States, obviously. You know, we have, you know, 30 stores just in Manhattan. Right. You know, it's like that, that is a, a clearly a, a signal that there's clear need there. And it's what's really cool about it is that you know, the Pepsi Cokes, General Mills of the world, they make 50% margin on the products, maybe 40%. And the Walmarts of the world make 20%. So the CPGs are twice as motivated to make it happen, right? right? So right. there's a marriage there that that's really good. The cashier piece is only retailer led. There's no okay. way the CPG is going to pay for that, right? Right, uh, make you a better uh, cashier. So now that we're post Amazon Go world, where Amazon's talking about adding three thousand stores, and that's not a bluff. They will do that. Mm-hmm. You know what should happen? <laughs> it doesn't make sense for Walmart and Kroger and all these people to have Amazon Go. Like that solution is complete. Overkill, very, very expensive. Um, it's fan. It's unbelievable that it works. Yeah, it's right. unbelievable. There is a lot of you know, um, you know, Wizard of Ozing behind the scenes. On, <laughs> you guarantee that, sure. right? Because we've we've done it where we've like you know took the three different sushis, put them in different parts of the stores, like done the, the <laughs> what they call the cup and the ball, yeah, right, right, you know, right, like right. tried to really fool yeah. it. And you, and that one typically you get your receipt in five minutes. That one we got our receipt in about forty five minutes. Interesting, right? Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you can, can see there's a little bit of you know no deep learning model takes forty five minutes to run. Right. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, if otherwise they're not on a GPU, right? There's my NVIDIA. Plan. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, what is the solution? You know, Walmart doesn't have AWS. Kroger doesn't have AWS. And and even if they did, I still don't think the unit economics really work on that. In a, in a one thousand square foot store like Amazon Go. It, the equivalent is actually smaller than a CVS. And how many cashiers are at a CVS? 
one. Yeah. So now you have you're automating one cashier. That was right. a fifty thousand dollar a year cashier. Right. Right. You can say claim that more people are going to go now and things like that, but I've never really had a long line at CVS. Right. Right. It's not. No, that's not the issue. The issue is the big format stores, and they own uh, Amazon bought Whole Foods. That was a big splash as well, which mm-hmm. was great for our business. And they just la- launched last week. They're going to be rolling out their own. In Whole Foods, they can only do whole products. Right. You know, that, that's a laundry list of, of qualifiers to make it onto a Whole Foods shelf. Right. They want to sell the other stuff, and that's what Amazon's going to do in the other stores. Right. And that's going to be directly ripping apart some of Walmart sales and things like that. They're going to try to get into that $520 billion that Walmart makes every year. And so how are they going to automate? I don't believe that, that Amazon is going to put Amazon Go in those format stories. I do not believe that. I have done the economics. I've tr- we've tried to build that in-house. Yeah, and we said that the, the cost is astronomical. Yeah. Just in kilowatt hours, the amount of watts you burn right. running that many GPUs, right. it would be great for NVIDIA if that were true. <laughs> um, but until you guys come out with a, with a chip that's 1 100th the cost and 1 100th the power draw, uh, which I don't think is physically possible. <laughs> uh, otherwise, Jensen would have done it already. Um, he's the most qualified guy on the planet to do it, and, this, and he hasn't, so it leads me to believe it's not physically possible. It means it ain't going to happen. And so what does happen? Well, there's lighter touch solutions where I can automate half of the checkout, right? How do I do that? Well, we have a, a small little camera we place on top of the conveyor belt. We call it focal scan, which, you know, barcode scan I have to grab this product. Mm-hmm. I have to scan this thing. It takes on average, anyone in retail knows, it takes on average three seconds per product. Per item, okay. Right, yeah. per item. And each lane is around, you know, between 22 and 30 transactions per uh, per lane per hour. Okay. Well, if if all your products are already on the belt like that, and I have a camera and I can identify all of them, mm, right, there's right. no more scanning. Right. Just, we just scanned it in 0.1 seconds. And we use an NVIDIA card, so <laughs> it scans in 0.1 seconds. Yeah. I just scan the entire basket. That cuts down the checkout that's speed. That's huge, yeah. Checkout time by 60%. And that's just computer vision object detection. You're just using like, d- yeah. deep learning computer vision to detect amongst 100,000 different SKUs yeah. um, in 0.1 seconds with 99.9% precision recall. Right, right. right? And like that's what, that's what we're building. Yeah. And that's a perfect problem for us because we love that. That's <laughs> nice, tight, contained. Yeah, yeah. That right. is just build, get more accuracy. And something that uh, my team ha- that has, you know, uh, a, a number of, of deep learning computer vision engineers out of, you know, name and top tier school. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's, Love they love a structured problem, right? Like that. Right, right. So, so it's great, and we've been um, we have that first solution deployed in Manhattan right now in one of the fast moving stores on the planet. It's it's astronomical how much volume that these guys do, and that right now it's in uh, passive mode, and we're going to flip it on into active mode pretty soon. So okay. it's pretty exciting, and then we have it live, obviously internally at, at Focal. So we call it Focal Scan. Right. Very cool. So you mentioned that Focal was kind of born out of Stanford AI Lab mm-hmm. um, and looking for what would you say? It's not health. Not driving, self-driving cars. There's got to be something else we can automate and do mm-hmm. this with. What's your own background? How did you wind up at Stanford? And did you go in to the AI and everything else you were doing with this inkling towards, you know, retail in mind? Or did mm-hmm. that just kind of come up? What's your story? Yeah, so um, myself, I was a, a math mechanical engineering undergrad and then went to Lockheed Martin doing Bliss and Missile Defense. I thought it was the coolest job on the planet <laughs> until I actually dealt with the bureaucracy and things uh, like that. And, okay. it's just, and I was in this engineering leadership development program that actually forced me to apply to, to grad school. And uh, after my year three, you have to go in through, um, in your last rotation, you have to actually apply to okay. school. And everyone goes to UPenn or Rutgers um, or Columbia or something like that because um, it's nearby and you can still work. And then I just threw out an application to go to Stanford and, and um, 
I got in and my boss said, well, yeah, we can't fund that That's because you'd have to quit and then come back. Right. And, and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> you know, so, so then, yep. so I quit uh, Lockheed, uh, went to Stanford and my background before that was basically on Kalman filter theory, uh, optimal reduced state estimators, basically taking noisy signals from radars on sitting in boats in, in the water mm-hmm. on DDGs and CGs, and then giving very accurate from that very noisy input, um, accurate track data. So you can go hit it with a missile or otherwise. And uh, so that played perfectly into... Um, a project that uh, Fei Fei Li was working on, you know, and, and she, she kind of asked me to come in and to, uh, um, to do research on some of the stuff that she was working on. So um, SLAM stuff and right. if, you, if you know, synchronous uh, location and mapping technology yep. and stuff like that. And then deep learning hit and it was like, you know, stop every single piece of research <laughs> that you're, you could be possibly working on in that lab and then apply deep learning to it. Yeah. It was really the, the message. And it was right. And it was, you know, I remember... When the results came out from AlexNet, everyone was like, you know, they faked the results or, you know, we had a bug, <laughs> something like that. It was, it was out of this world. And so very much it was right place, right time. Uh, I left Stanford with a double E master's and then went to work at Apple on, on uh, doing a whole bunch of clandestine stuff, you know, and using deep learning computer vision on, on satellite imagery data and, and, and other types of data like that. Okay. And it was really cool. And I think I, you know, love my time at Apple, but it was just, that was not where the, if you wanted to get really, really good at deep learning, it wasn't the place. Right. And so I went back to Stanford, what was going to be for a PhD in, in computer science to continue on this research. And then I ended up leaving uh, just with masters in computer science. You know, I still owe one course technically, actually, um, to be, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> let's, let's be above board here, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to take intro to AI. Is literally the class I have to take. To, Irony, to, man. <laughs> Irony will always get so you. So Percy Lang, if you're listening. <laughs> and then we took a project course, uh, the founders of Focal, and it was basically take your research and go and apply it to a real business problem. And we did so. You know, we had this idea. We had the thesis where it's like, okay, take all the industries and measure the beta to uh, a, a decrease in SGNA to uh, EBITDA. And by far, retail. By far. I mean, there's no other place that has such a discrepancy in, in terms of retail uh, ratio of uh, SGNA to, to revenue. So that's where we chose retail. And then after a long period of, of humility, of realizing that, that we got to changing an old industry fr- from their ways, you can't do it yourself. No. You can not. So if it would have been, if it would not have been for Amazon Go, we would not be here today. Right. But right. Amazon Go hit. We, we, we kind of... We're early in the wave. We're sitting in the water, and there's just no. It's just still. It's like yeah. crystal glass, you know. And then like, and then all of a sudden, now you just bigger and bigger swells every single six months. Right. And so, and we were kind of out there earlier, and 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 so that we've been focusing on that. So you know, you've referenced Amazon Go a couple of times, and kind of the difference between, and, and I don't know if it boils down this way, but what I was hearing was kind of the difference between a a smaller environment where a cashierless system would make sense. Mm-hmm. And then these larger stores where it just doesn't make sense for a variety of reasons, including cost, et cetera. Mm-hmm. As you think about where Focal's going, where the industry's going, are we looking at kind of just a, it's a matter of choice based on the parameters, if you're going to go, you know, full on cashierless kind of thing, or if it's more of a contained, you know, focal scan, for instance, mm-hmm. or is the industry ultimately headed, you know, in, in one direction and, and how they're using computer vision, deep learning and all this stuff? Well, I don't think it's, it, the unit economics even makes sense for a full scale automation. No. Like I, I, unfortunately, even if you wanted to do it, it would be so much cheaper 
to just use people. Right. And this is like yeah. the Tesla growing pains where, where Elon famously said, like, it's amazing how good people are. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's hard, people are hard to beat yeah. in, in certain tasks so far. Robotics isn't there yet. You know, so so in that pie chart of like, you know, we have shelf integrity, we have cashiers and we have stocking, you know, stocking is not getting automated. You know, we're, we can't get, a, I, I've worked on this problem. I can't get a robot to, to, to pick up a, a thing and not crush it or yeah. drop it. You right. know, um, so we're not there. They're not restocking the shelves. So that part, even Amazon is not going to be able to do well automated uh, yet, um, maybe for the next 10 to, to 50 years. The cashier piece, it's the way to automate that 100%. You have to choose your selectively permeable layer. So if that's the shelf edge, that means you need cameras on all the whole shelf, and they need to be very high res, mm-hmm. right, for you to do it. That is very expensive, right. both sure. install and compute. So I don't see that as a real solution for anyone that's above a thousand square foot uh, stores that doesn't have a giant arm that deploys compute for fifty uh, percent of the market. Right. Right. So. Take Amazon just completely out of it, right? <laughs> right? So take Kroger and Walmart and you know Shoprite and you know Stop and Shop and blah blah. blah. It's just not on the it's not in the cards. Like I can show you, like prove that in math, like to, that it's just not going to work. Yeah, that it'd be cheaper to use people, and that that's going to be true until the price per kilowatt hour comes down by 10x, the price per GPU comes down by 10x, the the the, the power draw comes down by 10x. And I don't think, and I'm speaking with folks in NVIDIA, it's not happening. So that's not going to happen. So what else is in the feasible set that's going to be below people in terms of cost? And that's that's the solutions that, that we're trying to build. Um, the you know AIFI and uh, standard COGS, we've worked on those problems. They're going to face the same issues I think the AFI model, I think, is pretty cool. And I think um, I met Steve a few times. Uh, we talked on stage at NRF, which is pretty interesting. And uh, that I've se- I haven't seen his, his pitch deck until then. If their model is to be the ve- a giant vending machine and you plop those in airports and stuff like that, and there's no cashier, and it's the Boingo Box model just in the United States. If that's it, you know, I don't know. You can do the unit economics. But um, the nice thing about a vending machine in general is that there's very low operating cost. If they can get the cost down, where the price per, per kilowatt hour, the price per GPU, and the price per these units per month, mm-hmm. right? If you can get that down, then it becomes a pretty interesting business. But it's only for these very small pods, right. which are very so- small selection of products. Yep. You know, there's the um, Bodega guys. They have a new name now. I forget what they're doing, but it's the same kind of concept, well, just the, even the smaller. Word, the word Bodega isn't in vogue anymore? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We're, we're done. I, my mind's blown old. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. They, I, don't, I forget their new name, but it's the same okay. kind of thing. And yeah. it's, it's, it seems like an interesting model if you can get the cost down. Yeah. But again, it's not going to supplant the need to go to a grocery store. No, right. If for certain products, yep. and there's just there's a reason why Walmart won, or you know, Walmart and Kroger won over the rest in, in way back when. It's because they said, well, he, you know, we want more selection. What's the famous Bezos quote? It's like, what's not going to change? We want when no one's going to ever say, hey, I don't really like as much selection. Yeah, you know, I don't want you know lower prices. Right. right? So, right. so that's what you need. You need, and part of that uh, is huge amounts of selection. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you need to have a giant mall place, super center, where you get all your stuff done. Yeah. So I see that to be the model ongoing. I don't see that going away. If folks want to follow the future of all this stuff, wherever it's headed, 
and uh, and track what Focal Systems is up to. Where's the best place, best places to go? Well, um, our website, focal.systems, uh, is a good place to start. It's focal.systems. You can try focalsystems.com. It actually does come to us anyway. So, you know, or email us. You know, almost everyone's uh, uh, first name at focal.systems. So you can ping us and, and let us know what you think. Perfect. Francois, uh, good luck. You've clearly got a lot, a lot you're thinking about in terms of where this is all headed and, and this intersection of the customer and the business ops and the tech. Uh, so best of luck to you and your team on it. And I'm looking forward to my my time in line at, at whether it's Safeway or whatever being shortened because of focal scans. So I'm gonna let you get back to work. All right, thanks for having me. 